Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Everyday Black History. Welcome to another Monday, the beginning of another week. And as we cruise through this year and as we go through the month of March, we uh, have another woman that we're going to be highlighting today for Women's History Month at Everyday Black History. Uh, First off, happy Monday. Hopefully you had a good start to your week. Um, Hopefully it wasn't too much of a stressful day. And um, if it was, then I hope that the rest of the week will be better. But as we uh, get into this Monday and as we get into this episode, today we're going to highlight a sister by the name of Kathy Hughes. And Kathy Hughes is an American entrepreneur. She's a radio and television personality as well as a business executive. She founded the, the media conglomerate Radio One, and which is now known as Urban One. And uh, she's the first African-American woman to head a publicly traded company because Urban One is a public company and it went public back in 1999. Uh, she's also uh, the, the woman re- responsible, or rather should I say the person responsible for creating the Quiet Storm radio format. And she started that back when she was um, in D.C. working for Harry, Howard University's radio station way back in the days. But a little background information on her, she was born Catherine Woods in Omaha, Nebraska in um, April 22nd, 1947. And uh, her mom, Helen James Woods, was a trombonist for the International Sweethearts of Rhythm at uh, Piney Woods School, which is a boarding, uh, private boarding school in Mississippi. And her dad, William Alfred Woods, was the first African-American to earn an accounting degree from Crichton University. But uh, while, he was, uh, while he was going for his degree, money was hard for the family. Um, Kathy grew up in a big family. She had a household full of siblings. And, um, you know, because, you know, money was tight, they lived, you know, they lived in the projects growing up. And money was, was so tight for them growing up that she had to even lie about her age so that she can get a job at the age of 14 just to help, you know, with the family's finances. But, you know, that's something that's common to many of us in the black community. But we don't let that, you know, hold us down or hold us back. Um, and Kathy Hughes was, was no exception to that. She, you know, continued. She worked, went to school, graduated from high school, and then went on to go to the University of ne- Nebraska Omaha and um, Crichton University, where she took business administration courses. Um, and as we know, Crichton University was where her father went, where he got his accounting degree, so she went to his alma, alma mater. Um, but she didn't complete. Uh, she didn't uh, receive a degree. She didn't complete her studies or receive a degree. But um, while she was in school, she did get a job at an uh, uh, African-American newspaper called the Omaha Star. Um, and uh, she began her career in radio when she, uh, in 1969 when she worked at a station in Omaha, K- KOWH. And then she soon left for Washington, D.C., after she was offered a job as an administrative assistant um, at the School of Communications at Howard University. Now, uh, this was in the late 60s. By 1973, she became the general sales manager of the university's radio station, and she increased the station's revenue from $250,000 to $3 million in her first year alone. 
Two years later, in 1975, she became the first woman vice president and general manager of a station in the nation's capital and created the format that we know as the Quiet Storm format. And that revolutionized urban radio and was aired in over 480 stations nationwide. So she showed that she already had a natural knack for radio and how to build a revenue for a radio station through ads and things of that nature. Um, by 1979, she got married to Dewey Hughes, and he uh, he was also uh, a well-known, um, uh, he was the producer and manager of P.D. Green, who was a well-known uh, radio personality in the 70s and early 80s, and um, they set out to purchase a radio station themselves. They uh, finally found a lender that was uh, that uh, loaned them money after they were denied by 32, 32 times by different banks. 32 times. And it just goes to show you when we were doing our segment of black-owned financial institutions, how important it is to have those because those black-owned financial institutions will give money to a, a black business when they come in with a solid business plan. But when you're trying to get funding from other mainstream banks, you get denied. I mean, 32, th- 32 times. But with perseverance, they finally found a lender that um, gave them what they needed so that they can um, purchase this radio station, their, fir- their first radio station, which became the cornerstone for uh, Radio One. And the radio station was an AM radio station in Washington, D.C. Now, uh, times got hard uh, for them. Um, early on, you know, it's not like the station was a runaway success. So there were some financial difficulties and it got to the point where they, um, they even lo- had to stay in the radio station. You know, she uh, uh, lost her home and had to move her young son to live at the station for a little while. But um, her once she changed the, the uh, format, she revamped the uh, R&B station to a 24-hour talk radio format with the theme, Information is Power, and then her fortunes began to change and the radio station started to take off and build itself a following amongst DC natives. And she uh, served as the station's morning host for over a decade. Um, when, uh, the, when, and when the bank threatened to cease uh, payments to, uh, to, their, to the station, uh, un- unless she agreed airing music, she decided to keep her station as a talking format in the morning and music throughout the rest of the day. And this further um, increased her, her uh, success with the radio station. And it was the most listened to talk radio station in the nation's capital for you know many, many years and maybe even still is to this day. Um, by 1987, um, she bought another radio station um, but through her company Radio One, and at this point, her, unfortunately, her and Dewey, Dewey Hughes got a divorce. Um, you know, uh, she mentioned that during the financial troubles that they had when they first bought their first radio station, that he couldn't handle it. You know, so that led to problems in their marriage, and they got a divorce. But you know, even though they had financial troubles, and most people would be worried about losing everything, she said she was focused and she knew the DC audience. And she just, she had the drive and the ambition to be successful. And this led to her being able to buy a second radio station, WMMJ, um, through her company, Radio One. 
and it didn't stop there it continued by 95 they brought another radio station WKYS um, at their peak Radio 1 went on to own 70 radio stations and 9 major markets in the US and by 1999 uh, Radio 1 became a publicly traded company listed under the, DAS, the NASDAQ stock exchange um, her son Alfred Liggins III serves as the CEO and president of Radio 1 and Kathy Hughes is the chairperson and she's also a minority owner of BET Industries so she has a, a stake in that as well by uh, January 2004 Radio 1 launched a, got into TV and they launched a TV network by the name of TV1 and that's a uh, cable and satellite television um, channel that builds itself as the lifestyle and entertainment network for African American adults. That's where you catch all the Martin and Living Single reruns and pretty much every black show from the 90s and early 2000s. You can catch the reruns on the, that show, as well as other shows like Unsung, where they talk about you know uh, a lot of uh, you know African American singers and groups that we knew and enjoyed and loved in the 90s, but you haven't heard of or thought about in a while. They have those shows where they talk about what happened to them over the years. And it's, it's, it's an interesting show. I've watched it, you know, a few times. It's kind of like when they used to have the E! True Hollywood stories back in the days. You know, this is the, the, that show is just like that, but it's dealing with black artists. Um, and on the channel, on she has a, uh, the channel also has a, a, te- a talk program, TV One on One, where they interview prominent personalities in the entertainment industry. Um... She and her son have been named Entrepreneur of the Year by uh, different companies and uh, publications. And um, the a local business organization had unofficially named the corner of 4th Street and 8th, and 8th Street in Washington, D.C., the Kathy Hughes Corner. Um, she's been profiled many times because of her success. And um, she's been honored with many, many awards throughout her life for her work in radio and in TV and in, um, and for being a business executive as well. And her company, Radio One, which is now Urban One, is one of the you know largest African-American-owned um, businesses or conglomerates in the, uh, the country. Now, let's talk a little bit about uh, Urban One. I keep saying Radio One. It's, it's, now, it's now Urban One. It was renamed Urban One in 2018 officially. So her company... Urban One. Um, we're going to talk a little bit just about about the success of of, of Urban One, and uh, you know that that she started. Um, now, when they bought their first, when she bought her first radio station in D.C., she bought it for nine hundred and ninety-five thousand dollars back in nineteen eighty. So you can imagine the 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 worry that might have come with you know borrowing that much money. But like I mentioned, she had the ambition and the drive to know that, you know, she was going to succeed in which she did. She changed the station's programming format um, where they examined politics and culture from the black perspective. She purchased her, she purchased her second station um, seven years later, as we mentioned before, and it began to turn a profit um, when she changed the format to R&B. And then uh, she developed a strategy of purchasing small and underperforming radio stations in urban markets and refocusing them to serve 
the demographics of their communities and that has become that was the strategy of urban one from there on from there forward and throughout the years they've purchased and sold you know hundreds of radio stations building up their portfolio and um, making them one of the largest uh, black owned companies in the country um, she even uh, she even um, uh, started as we mentioned uh, TV one now when she started TV one uh, it was a, um, a collaboration between urban one and Comcast and it was a joint venture to create a television network that was that was aimed at African Americans aged 25 to 54 and it was launched January 19 2004 which was Martin Luther King's Martin Luther King Day um, and at the time when it first started uh, it was in about 2.2 million households but just four years later by the end of 2007 it was in 42.2 million homes and uh, when Comcast and NBC merged uh, in 2011, all of Comcast cable holdings were managed by NBC, and so uh, their ownership stake, uh, Urban One's ownership stake in TV One, grew from 36% to 50%. Um, and, and as of March 2015, uh, Urban One announced a deal to buy out Comcast's remaining shares in TV One for more than half a billion dollars, 550 million. And to assist in the deal, they refinanced um, $119 million in outstanding debt and uh, also refinanced debt totaling approximately $1 billion. But because they had so many radio stations and so much assets to play with, it allowed them to be able to buy uh, back their, their buy their TV station in whole and make it a completely owned, black-owned TV station. Now, Interactive One is a, another... Uh, a digital platform that they launched and um, it's uh, it uh, operates numerous digital brands um, including News One, The Urban Daily and Hello Beautiful and uh, they entered into a, a editorial and sales partnership with NBC News um, aligning News One with NBC's The Griot I don't know if you've ever seen that online publication sometimes they have some you know pretty good articles as well and uh, Urban One is involved with that. They also entered into a partnership with Global Grind, which is a website that was founded by uh, Russell Simmons and is focused on pop culture and music content for the African-American and Hispanic audiences. Um, Interactive One also launched HB Studios, which is a video production studio focused on creating scripted and unscripted programming about women and the diversity of their experiences. Um, the program is uh, the featured channels are I One Woman Channel, HelloBeautiful.com, and of course the uh, socials YouTube and Facebook. So they just continue to grow throughout the years. Um, we talked about their radio stations. I mean, they we talked about the first few that they brought in DC back in the nineties, uh, in, in the eighties, and in the nineties, and in two thousand and one they purchased you know a rival a rival company blue chip broadcasting for 135 million dollars which gave them more radio stations in 2000 and 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 uh in, in the year 2000 they brought uh 12 stations from clear channel for 1.3 billion dollars which increased their their uh, radio market share into la dallas houston miami as well as cleveland and 
Greenville, South Carolina. I mean, so Urban One owns stations pretty much throughout the whole country, uh, you know, and uh, and you know, not just not just that, but they also entered into other partnerships with other uh, black media personalities. Tom Joyner. They acquired uh, a 53% stake in Reach Media, which is owned by Time Joyner, and that gave them ownership rights to his syndicated talk show, which was, which at its peak was airing in 115 stations to 8 million listeners, as well as the news website BlackAmericaWeb.com, which at that time had approximately 800,000 members, which gave them an even stronger internet presence. Um, they. Uh, teamed up with uh, different print magazines and and um, in the early 2000s but of course now since most print magazines kind of went under they the print magazine that they brought is now an online uh, publication as well so I mean as we as we mentioned urban one is one of the largest uh, black owned companies and as of now they operate uh, 55 radio stations um, in the comp- in the in the country, at its peak, they operated over seventy. But they bought and sold so many different, you know, radio stations over the years. As we mentioned, underperforming radio stations, they'd buy them, and um, and you know, sell them at a profit. And you know, Kathy Hughes and her son, they are responsible for for the success of this media conglomerate. And but many people, like people in D.C., of course, know who Kathy Hughes is. And there are, you know, people in our community who knows who she is, but many people don't know her as well as they should. Everyone knows Oprah, you know, but not as many people knows Catherine, Kathy Hughes as they should know her. And her, the conglomerate that she started through, you know, ambition and blood and sweat and tears. And she built something that she's able to pass down and that she's able to operate with her son and even pass down to future generations of her family. Imagine how many jobs she's created or or saved by buying these radio stations in these markets all over the country. You know, radio stations that would have been closed, you know, or brought by some other conglomerate and then shut down, you know. So we just wanted to highlight her since we're, you know, we, we, we highlight her, we can highlight, we can highlight her anytime. But since we are focusing on women for Women's History Month specifically, we just wanted to highlight her and her and her accomplishments and what she's done with Urban One, and even what you know, what continue, what she'll continue to do with Urban One and incorporate it, and how it's, you know, continuing to grow and be a staple in the Black entertainment community. So, uh, Kathy Hughes, we thank you for your contribution in Black history and Black culture, and we salute you. And that concludes this episode of Everyday Black History, and. Um, we will definitely be coming uh, again, as usual, this week with more uh, women in the black community who have accomplished, you know, many things. And, you know, sometimes they just weren't given the credit for it or they've accomplished things and even found financial success, but they're just not well known publicly. And it's a shame because, you know, sisters have it even harder because, you know, women always have a hard, you know, just in general in the country with their accomplishments and not being noted for it. But then when you're a black woman and you accomplish things, it's even harder for you to find recognition for it. So it's, you know, it's really our pleasure to be able to focus on women for the month of March and especially black women for the month of March and their accomplishments 
And even though we always talk about and cover women on everyday black history, to be able to just solely focus on women's accomplishments is a it's a good thing and it's an honor. Especially you talking about women like Kathy Hughes and many of the other women who we're gonna um, cover this month. So um, thank you all for the support. And um, as we mentioned, we're on social media, Instagram. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And of course, the website, theeverydayblackhistory.com, where you can find all our all of our podcast episodes, uh, blog entries, and things of that nature. But uh, once again, thank you all for the support, and stay tuned for the next episode.